You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the Cheap Seats, everybody. It's Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. And I do have to say that after a week in Aruba, the only thing that I missed on the continent of North America was hanging out with you guys. Yeah? Yeah. Serious. Oh. Serious, serious, I'm serious. tearing up a little bit. How'd the show go last week? Uh, it went pretty daggone good. I mean, it, it it wasn't as good without certain people being here. <laughs> Chris oh, Lambert was, was missing. Is that no, what's Chris Lambert? <laughs> actually, this kind of feels weird with us all being here, with you not being on vacation, and of course Tim not being on vacation. It feels a little strange having everybody here. It's like a reunion. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey man, I'm down. Let's go hit the bar. I'm, I'm going to need a minute, man. I'm all misty. So we were talking about a little bit off <laughs> off camera, man. Your tan game, I thought, would be a little more strong having been in Aruba. And then you explained something about the sunscreen there. So, Well, you, you said I must have been using SPF bazillion. Yeah. There, were, there was no – we were – look, we overpaid for everything from the time we left North Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's no that's what you do on vacation, right? We could not reconcile my wife and I paying $26 a bottle for sunscreen. Right. It just wasn't going to happen. So we resigned ourselves to, you know, going under cabanas and whatever and being smart. Neither one of us got burned up, but I'm I'm thinking I'm looking good. I mean, you look but good. But now I'm I'm like, man. You look good. Brandon Atkins, the Viking god is <laughs> You know, Norse criticizing god. my Tam game. Norse god I, in the house. All right. So, well, what would have Brandon looked like a week in Aruba with no sunscreen? Scalded. No. Believe it or not, scalded. lobster. After scalded. I go, <laughs> after I go through that first real hard burn, <laughs> I actually tan a little bit. I got some. Like space I got travel. some tan from my father. 
I'm, but, uh, a, I'm, I'm a little afraid to put this out there because somebody may actually jack this and it'll be one of those moments where I'm like, why didn't I like pull the trigger? But 26 bucks a bottle for sunscreen. The only thing, the only two things in Aruba that were ridiculous were cigarettes, thirteen fifty a pack, mm. and sunscreen, twenty six dollars a bottle. <laughs> I can't get over it. And for all the money we spent, all the good time we had, we were like, I'm, I'm just can't pay twenty six bucks a bottle for you know copper tone or whatever. But here's my thought: Aruba's cool. The weather's great. Everybody's there's happy. Folks like me coming in, and you're going to need SPF 900 when you go. Okay, you are a fair-skinned little, fella. That's a little mean, but go ahead. <laughs> true. My, just just looking out for your you know your your skin cancer game. Why not move to Aruba and create my own line of sunscreen products? Hmm. There can't be that complicated a recipe for cooking this stuff up. My wife and I are kind of industrious. We'll just do it on the back porch. Sit and drink Aruba Arribas, rums and coke. Bottle this stuff up. It, the island's only 40 square miles. You can self-distribute. You can schlep the stuff for, I don't know, $18 a bottle. People snatch it up like it's going out of style. So you would, actually, you would actually be the OEM for the sunscreen. You wouldn't, like, source it from somewhere else because – I'm thinking that, you know, stirring up a whole pot of, full of sunscreen might be a little labor-intensive. You're just cutting into your pool time. So why wouldn't you just have it be a distributor and then cut the price from $26 to, what'd you say? 18 18 You're making profit there, son. So are you suggesting that I become a distributor and, like, import it? Or that I set up a factory and I have... Little Aruba Nationals. Yeah, that, give jobs to the economy there. Okay, so what we talked about is I will I'll move to New Zealand. You move to Aruba. You ship me ketchup. What is wrong with you people in New Zealand? You ain't got no ketchup. <laughs> and they offer this tomato paste thing that you actually pay for. You know those little packets like you get at McDonald's? You paying 50 cents for one of those. So we'll share a container both ways. I'll ship you sunscreen. You ship me ketchup. We'll meet Trent somewhere in the middle. It could be like the Iron Triangle. Can we get some wing sauce in this game? Yeah. I'm digging it, man. Wing That's sauce. how international trade ought to work. Wing Donald sauce. Trump thinks he's the deal maker. I'm the deal maker. Trent looks like he's got an idea. What's up? I'll be on the boat that I can give you guys your product while I'm making the wing sauce. Or I'll find a city. I don't know what cities in between. You can just insert city here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that's popular nowadays, <laughs> inserting city here. So, Brandon, everybody in America knows that you don't do Twitter. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? If you're trying to get me, fax me. Fax him, brother. <laughs> I wrote it down and mailed it to you. It'll be there Tuesday. Trent, yeah. I know there's no way this slipped past you. No. But the NBA draft went off without a hitch <laughs> in spite of the ESPN coverage. Mark L. Fultz, first player taken. Now, what's, what's the, these – Companies are savvy, and we've talked about this before, that the future of marketing is not 30-second television spots, you know, interspersed throughout your ballgames. You have to get more creative. So what many of these companies have taken to is having athletes roll their products into those athletes' 
social media accounts. And throughout the draft, as soon as players were taken, I was getting tweets and seeing things from um, all of the guys that were being selected, really, the big names. And it said, hey, you can check out my rookie card here. And it diverted you to Panini, who's the, you know, the last of the sports card distributors or whatever. Markel Fultz didn't quite understand what was being asked of him. <laughs> it's an understatement. I'm going to read you the tweet that he sent out on draft night. With a picture of him wearing two watches, by the way. Looking kind yes. of sporty. Not quite as sporty as De'Aaron Fox in those love shoes. That was pretty dope. And his visor. Well done. Did you see that? No. He's got the cool hair, so they gave him a visor Shut instead up. of a hat. I thought that was pretty dope. That, wow, I didn't know. I missed that. that. Yeah, I was too. in the Miami airport trying to keep up with that. That's cool. I like that. So Markel Fultz tweets, excited to head to, parentheses, city, and join the, parentheses, team name. Tissot.us is helping me get started with my, parentheses, team name, watch. And then it provides a hashtag, this is my time. So you said you're saying he did something wrong there? <laughs> <laughs> and within a couple of minutes had about ten thousand likes on that tweet. And Look, Twitter doesn't come merciless. Twitter doesn't come with instructions. That's why I'm still scared to death of it. Like, you know, My favorite part about this is I'm clowning this guy. First of all, you know, he got like ten thousand likes on Twitter within a couple of seconds. The second thing is that this kid just became a multimillionaire, becoming the first pick in the draft, and signed a contract with a watch company I didn't even know how to pronounce. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know that's got to be high end. Well, that's the that's their first commercial, right? That's to the first sell? one that they do. Yeah, I mean, to sell. First they, one I've heard. They make a funny commercial about that. It's golden. Oh, they have to. Yeah. They can spin this any kind of way. But to sell, I really felt stupid. And last night, as I was putting stuff together, I asked my wife because she's a she's a she's a fashion chick, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I asked yeah. her, "Hey, this uh, this watch brand, how do you say that?" And she's like, "You know what? I've seen that before, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I bet you can Google it." Yeah, which is her way of saying, "Stop bothering up, me with dude. this. I'm watching <laughs> TV. Leave me alone." So I went to the web and I Googled, "How do you pronounce?" T-I-S-S-O-T. And there's actually a video there. Oh, cool. It's really cool. I'll play it on the other side, just randomly. And it says, Tissot. Nice. Tissot. Tissot. You know, that's how I know I can't afford something is when I can't pronounce it. <laughs> like, that's when I walk away. I start that's a good indicator. To... That's a good indicator. I just keep if walking. You watch it, if you walk into a Tissot showroom somewhere in a casino right. or whatever, and you ask, ah, is it that you pronounce this? They're probably not going to give you a lot of love. Right, like it's yeah. kind of a rule. Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna be over here by the swatch rack, <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> he said the swatch rack. <laughs> I bet you Tissot doesn't have those awesome guards for the bro. The f- and and you know those the the classic swatches like the clear one and the rest of them. Those things go for like a gazillion dollars. I didn't know this, but there's still swatch stores somewhere. Maybe it's. I, I heard somebody talking about swatches the other day. Yeah, they still have swatch stores. I didn't see one in Aruba. I don't know. Okay. Well, they're out there. Insert city here. <laughs> swatch. Yeah. <laughs> so, Trent, we were talking before 
sunscreen, ketchup, wing sauce. This is the this is an international trade monumental agreement. What what's your favorite sauce? What, what sauce are you throwing in the mix? We can't sort of muddy the waters here. What's your sauce of choice? See, I'm a I, I don't like very hot stuff, so I, I stick right in the medium. Like spicy garlic for traditional wings, my favorite. And you stuff. don't like hot stuff. Nope. You no, well, do, no. You do recognize I don't like the irony hot here. Stuff. <laughs> so, your employer. This segment suddenly brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. By the way, B dubs. Your employer makes it stakes its whole brand to the Blazing Challenge, mm-hmm. and you're telling me you don't like very hot stuff. Yeah. That's ironic. Now, see, that's kind of wimpy. Hey, that's kind of wimpy. What yeah, about that's you, wimpy. Well, y'all probably hadn't heard about this, but my favorite scorpion sauce. Scorpion sauce. They just came out with scorpion, scorpion sauce. Is scorpion sauce a thing? It's our limited time offer. Yeah, right now we have a, a scorpion rum sauce. Scorpion yeah. rum sauce. Scorpion rum from the scorpion pepper, the hottest pepper uh, known on earth right now with really? the Carolina Reaper. Yeah, That's how I, that's how mm. I roll. Like straight scorpion, and if you don't me, have scorpion. Let me tell you about your boy. Let me tell you about your boy. This is one of my claims to fame. You know, listening to Kaplan talking about being the UNC athlete of the year or whatever, and the little tear and sash that came yeah. along with that. Hey, dude, it's not water polo if you're in an inner tube. <laughs> Chill. That's another rule. That you if go. you can't pronounce the brand, you can't afford it. And if you're in an inner tube, it's not water polo. But at one time in my life, I owned the fastest blazing challenge at two separate stores simultaneously. Nice. What? What time? Get you down with time? that. Man, my fastest time was like 248. That's pretty good. 248. It's really good. I want, but I'm working you here. I'm, I'm waiting on you to say, I don't believe you. Yeah. I don't believe that. So when are you going to bring the wings in so we can do the blazing challenge right here? Me and Brandon. We'll have to do up. that next. All right, we'll talk about Mark L. Fultz and chicken wings and suntan lotion and all kinds of other stuff Catch on the up. other side. You're listening to WDCC 90.5, or you're hearing us on WBLZ. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. 
Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the newest member of our team, Ken Britton, who has been uh, given the honor. He doesn't even know it yet, but he is now the commissioner of the Brick City Dodgeball Classic. Um, that's a big title. Ken, are you ready to? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. And uh, yeah, that's a big, uh, that's a big title. Big, um, big shoes. But, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna we were going to get Herb Sendak, but he wasn't available. <laughs> I, <laughs> so, Ken, I guess your biggest claim to fame as it applies to sports is that you came out with the uh, number one seeded dodgeball team in yep. the inaugural Brick City Classic. I think everybody was just willing to give them the trophies, let them roll on out, and then you ran up into a buzzsaw. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, kids from First Cavalry <laughs> well, ranged in age from 19 to 7. Right. And Well, um, well let's let's just give them credit where credit's due. The 7-year-old was pretty shifty. <laughs> <laughs> it did pose a problem that none of us had considered the day before. How do you hit a child that small? First of all, there's the moral. Hard. <laughs> Ask Adrian Peterson. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That <laughs> show just got real. So you, you first have the problem with actually making contact with the child because he's so little. Yeah. But then how hard do you really want to want to hit a kid? And I think that's what you guys ran into. But I don't know if you remember, but in the post game, you did make a couple comments, and I'd like to go to those. That's here. Or maybe we're not. He just needs to hold the mic up to somebody's face. <laughs> so we did 17 teams first time out of the box. Yep. And, you know, we did this with four or five weeks of lead mm-hmm. time. If you're listening out there, whether you're in, you know, Lee County, North Carolina, whether you're in Raleigh, Wilmington, you could come down from Virginia, Ohio, wherever you want to. October 14th, we're going to do this again. This was this wasn't the plan. This was going to be a one-off. We were going to have a good time, yep. but it was folks like Ken that were like, "Dude, you guys should do this like every other weekend." Yep. Well, it's for Alzheimer's. It is for Alzheimer's. Is- I had forgotten. But um, <laughs> yeah. well. Adrian Peterson comments, still worse. <laughs> still worse. So, Dodgeball, we're going to do this again to raise money for Alzheimer's on October 14th at the Bobby e. Hale Center, which a lot of folks here locally know as the Armory in downtown Sanford. We um, thrive at Financials back on board to, uh, to sponsor the event. Uh, Jonesboro Rotary Club, Buffalo Wild Wings, Atkins Commercial Advisors, WDCC The Beat. Am I forgetting anybody? Probably Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau? Farm Bureau's in. Looky there. Diamond D's in studio. Diamond Dave will be here to talk about golf. and and, I'll have uh, to find you a dodgeball with a logo on it so you won't lose it. Oh, yeah. That's that's marketing. That goes back to that feathery talk from a couple of shows ago. The feathery. (laughs) Tiso. Tiso. Is our watch sponsor for dodgeball Tiso? Yeah, I think I think Tissot. maybe Markel Fultz and Tiso can get on board with this. I'm digging that. So here's the question, guys. 
We've been all over the map this morning. I don't know how the heck this happened. But uh, winners and losers, NBA draft. Who walked out of that? What 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 shocked you? Nothing. Well, something shocked me, but I've been saying a long, all the time, I think you have to, Jason Tatum to the Celtics. I think they fleeced the 76ers yet again. Um, I think Danny Ainge's picture is on the wall in post offices across the country right now. Um, I don't know how you do that where you take – you wind up with the best player in the entire draft and a future pick that's probably going to be a top you know five pick next year. Um, wow. And the Bulls have lost their daggone mind because they actually traded a second – sold a second-round pick to Golden State for $3.5 million. Like, the Bulls have the big, the largest attendance of any other team, I think, in the NBA currently, or the last couple of years, and you need $3.5 million well, in cash? Well, here's the question. You just traded away your franchise player. Yeah, so nobody even noticed mm-hmm. that they sold a pick for three point five. I mean, they just got rid of their future. I mean, who are they going to rely on? D. Wade? They have nothing. Well, so that was a big right shot. They're talking right now that D. Wade might be bought out. But yeah. let's let's go back. Let's talk about this trade since this is where that went. I thought we were actually going to talk about draft picks. But no, let's talk about the trade. I don't see anybody – I don't think anybody saw this coming. Last year when Tom Thibodeau was fired by the Bulls, went to Minnesota, people thought that perhaps because of his relationship with Demi Butler that the Timberwolves might try to put something together. A year removed – they weren't really on anybody's radar. Jimmy Butler to the Celtics, Jimmy Butler to the Cavs, those were things that were being talked about. Now, the interesting part to me before we talk about the bones of this trade is it's pretty apparent that there was a conversation between LeBron James and Jimmy Butler at some point during these proceedings because Jimmy Butler, who's not He's not a me, me, me type guy. He's not a spotlight type guy. He's not trying to to be in the press any more than he needs to be. His people came out and said, not interested in going to the Cavaliers. And that he had had a conversation with the players, which means Kyrie and LeBron James. So what was the the substance of that conversation? Did LeBron tell him, look, I'm going to be here one more year and then I'm out? I'm going to L.A., I'm going to do whatever. Don't come out here. Don't come out here. You know, the team's firing the GM. Nothing good came out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So in the next breath, all of a sudden we see that Minnesota's going to get this guy and keep their core intact. So you take Minnesota, who's a pretty good ball club now, sort of on the outside looking in, haven't made the playoffs in about 13 years, but you take Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, who's the best player nobody's seen except on Jack Link's commercials. (laughs) And now you add Jimmy Butler in there. They're a point guard away from being a legit, legit team in the the West. Go ahead. The the Butler thing, the word on the street now is Butler's a a bad locker room guy. Whatever. He's a bad teammate. Look, maybe that's how that conversation. Folks don't like Jimmy Butler in the locker room because he listens to country music. Oh, okay. That's what's so, going on. That's some profound. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, he's a he's a country guy. He listens, you know, Taylor Swift, bro country. That's his stuff. And, and you know so what? Frankly, anybody that listens to bro country, I got beef with too. So what you're saying is as he's shooting a fadeaway three, in his head he's singing, on a pontoon. <laughs> yes. Is that what's going on there? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Ken Britton, bro country fan or not? No, not at all. Especially when country is now, 
mixing over into hip hop and country mixed together is just it's a hot mess it is i I can't i can't handle it although (laughs) i do have to say i was listening on the flight back from aruba and there was no wi-fi and in this day and age of apple music and all the rest of that i only had what was downloaded onto my phone so the last time i had uploaded music it's set in like five or six of the you know several hundred songs that I had on the cloud came onto my phone, and one of them is Jason Aldean, and it's the song that he did with Ludacris. So every six song I had to listen to Ludacris do a country rap, and it was painful. <laughs> but I'm gonna yeah. play it at some point during the show. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Dave Kaplan knows what song it was. Dave, I like you a little less. Ken, I like you a little bit more. <laughs> so. As an NC State guy, Ken, what do you think about where Dennis Smith went? Do you think it was earlier or later? Um, you know, he goes to the Mavericks. Yeah. Any, um, any take on that? No, I mean, it, it's one and done for us. I mean, it stinks. I mean, the whole season was a dumpster fire for right. NC State basketball. And um, we'll take your wish we could have had him a little bit longer. But, no, nah, I mean, he's going to do well. It's one of those things that's no commodity coming out. Um, has a good uh, body of work. But... Uh, hate to see him go, but wish him luck. Yeah, and you have Coach Keats coming in, basically stealing all the Seahawks, taking yes. all the Seahawks with them to NC Give State. Us, right? Yeah, we've got we get the we get the Tar Heel Blue perspective on basketball all the time. Coach Keats, I know that you'll try to paint it rosy at this point, but when the hire was announced, good hire, bad hire. From just personally, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's done a lot at UNCW. Um, it was a, it was a good hire, but as NC State, you know, you, you're always competing against Duke and Carolina, and you always want to have that coach. You know, <laughs> are you really? Well, air quotes, right? <laughs> Compete, but you know, you as an alumni, you want to have the best marquee coach. Who was um, the guy? Um, I don't know, quite honestly, and and, and I could imagine Debbie Yao's job, but it had to be an impossible. Um, thing for her to go out and try and recruit you know a coach to come to nc state to play in the acc play against you know 30 minutes down the road from duke and carolina um year in and year out it's it's just uphill battle you know you can push in a boulder up a up a hill so um i think coaches that are looking to make a name for themselves um done a great job at a lower tier uh, university it's a great challenge is if you if you succeed you're a hero well, Brandon, do you, you hear what's going on there? That's analysis. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, if you can call your <laughs> if you can call your shot with Keats, does he make it? I mean, Yao's going to be gone. She's already said she's gone yeah. in like a year or two. Yeah, yeah she's retired in so, nineteen. So. A lot of people questioned her saying, "Hey, I'm retiring and then picking a new coach yeah. because you're going to be gone anyway." Do you, call your shot on Keats. Do you think he makes it? Is he going to get you back to where you feel like NC State needs to be? Well, back is relative, right? I mean, NC State was was it back in the you know seventies, um, even in the eighties with Valvano. But I think he's doing the right thing, saying the right things. He's uh, you know going to bring in some great recruits, but it's it's a crapshoot right now. But but going back to Yao, yeah, it was almost an impossible thing for her too because she's retiring in two years, and so what AD wants to come in with you know 
the legacy of all the football and also the you know the basketball coach that was just hired. Gotcha. And if they don't want, then you have to buy them out in a couple of years. Well, and Chris, your question in my analysis, it's kind of boring to talk about championships all the time. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's enough. I can't take any more. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You can hear us in Central Carolina on WDCC 90.5, also on the WBLZ Sports Network, and for the first time – on the Buffalo Sports Network. Download the app at BSN 716. We're on in upper st- upstate New York, guys. Buffalo, baby. Buffalo wings. Global. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. 
Chris has known to let the music roll on this show for about as long as he wants to. Hey, it is From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. So we can do whatever we want to. Yeah, except. Right. Well, it gets boring talking about UNC championships all the time. Well, we can't do that. Okay, well, you want to talk about them? Which one? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate you wearing an other, a different shade of blue today. Yeah. yeah good looking out. This is closer to, to Connecticut blue. All right, from the cheap seats. First of all, can I just ask a question? Ask away. Do they try to put rap music with every other kind of music? Is it like ranch? You just put it it on there and it's good on just kind of almost anything? Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like ketchup or scorpion sauce or sunscreen. You just put it on everything. It's good. Just sometimes we gotta, we rap, gotta have a fourth trade partner now with ranch dressing. Sometimes rap just needs to be rap. Stay over there in your category. We don't need to hear rap and country together. That's ludicrous, man. Okay, ludicrous yeah. with Jason Aldean. Okay. <laughs> it's awful, man. It's awful. So we're joined. We got a, yet another guest came in. Dave Kaplan came in from the cold. What's going on, man? Chilling on a dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> So ready to roll. I'll, before we get any farther, I, all I want to know is um, who's going to be on your dodgeball team? I don't know. I need to find some athletes. It sounds like right. Well, I, yeah, you totally. Need Robin to Perkins, help. maybe. I mean, he does everything else well. Yeah, he does. He's a, he's he can play golf well. I don't know about dodgeball, but that'll be interesting. Well, if you're here, that means we're talking about golf. But before right. we here, I'm going to throw you off your game, though. Okay. Because in getting ready for today, I went and looked. You know, Jordan Spieth obviously won his 10th professional right. tournament, 10th PGA Tour win. Yep. All right. Three golfers, top one 10 before 10 24. of all time, which is actually the top 11 in PGA Tour wins. Between you and Ken, in the next 45 seconds, I want to know how many of these guys you can get. Top 10. Which is really 11. There's wins all of time. all time. PGA Tour all right. wins of all time. Oh, Hagen, Sneed. Hagen, Sneed. Palmer. Wait. Nicholas, Walter Hagen. Nicholas. Nicholas. Woods. Woods. Nicholson. No. Wow. No, yes, no. Nicholson is. Not Nicholson, Nicholson's yeah. nine. My uh, mistake. Let's go oh. Greg Norman. Nope. Mm. Grayson, Grayson Murray. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grayson Murray. Uh, Fazio? No. Uh, there's a couple on here that that were really stumpers. You guys did well with that, by the way. Good job. I don't think yeah, you hit Ben Hagen. Hogan. Did yeah, you hit Ben Hogan? Hogan. Yeah, ben Hogan, Hogan obviously is yeah. on there. So all time leaders. Nelson. Byron Nelson is definitely on there. He all time like leaders. In a row. Sam Snead. How many do you have? Sam Snead. Yep. Oh my God. I don't know. Eighty two. Oh my 82? God. Eighty two. Okay. Eighty two. Three more than Tiger. Tiger yeah. would have caught him. I don't know now that Tiger's got three wins left in him. Mm. But yeah. uh, 82, got... Sam Snead, on the, that's over a 30-year period. Tiger Woods, 79. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Hagen. No, Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah. Nicholas. Nicholas, Hogan, Palmer, Byron Nelson, really? Billy Casper. Oh, 
There's one for you. Yeah, Billy Casper. Walter Hagen had 45. I was impressed that you pulled Walter Hagen out there. And Phil Mickelson, lefties in there with 42. He could probably pass Hagen, maybe Casper. Um, well, he got rid of his caddy. Yeah. So well, did I also saw that he bought property at the Greenbrier. Hmm. Yeah. You ever been out there? Which is Sam Snead country. Maybe he has his sights set on 82. Oh. He's going to have to start doing yeah, a little bit of hustle. Yeah, he's going to have to start <laughs> taking more of that arthritis medication <laughs> yeah, and all right. that stuff. Absolutely. Um, I, he makes some of the worst commercials there are. Uh, Corey Middlecoff. That was the one that I. Oh, wow. Yeah. Caught me off guard. 40. Um, and then Tom Watson and Gene Sarazen okay. are side Watson. by 39. They're yeah. at 11, but anyway. So, David. Go ahead. So, Mickelson fires Jim Bones, Bones. McKay, right? Right. But he, well, it's he, a mutual. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, he didn't play in Aaron Hills. Then he fires right. him. Isn't that like getting fired on your day off? Like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the interesting thing is he sent him out to Aaron Hills to scope the golf course, was basically hoping for a weather delay yeah. so he could get out there after the graduation. But I'm sitting here thinking, this is Phil Mickelson. Can you go to a high school and say, look, I really would like to play in the U.S. Open, but my wife and my daughter pretty much said, hey, what's, I've got to be at this graduation. Can you move it up a day? Right. You know? Right. What's it going to cost me? You guys need a new marquee out in front of the gym. Right. New yeah, air exactly. conditioner. But whatever. Come on, man. So you would go the route, do you know who the heck I am? You'd they, pull that? Dude. You'd pull no, that? No, I just, I would, I'm I, exactly what Chris, look, there'll be something in it for you. Right. If you let me try to go win another major. Listen, the same thing happened with – I had one of my kids have something, and it was when I was about to play in the BB&T program. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So how would you work that out? What did you have to give? <laughs> kids out of luck. So <laughs> how we play golf? <laughs> you, you got a whole class had to get ice cream or something. Yeah. 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 Make but going for the Phil thing, I thought it was just, you know, typical Phil, just trying to get right. pub, you know, be on the top of all the headlines, and he liked to come in on his jet and tee off right away. Oh, yeah, parachute but, to the first yeah, tee box. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. It was pretty, uh, yeah, not yeah. dramatic at all. Well, and, and, you know, and then directly afterwards, they steal the, the headlines, uh, you know, out from underneath Kepka and basically say, hey, we're going to separate ways. And I really think it's a, it's a way – Bones has been with him a long time, uh, and I think it's a way that he can go make some bigger money. Bigger money. Do some analysis. Then 10% of Phil's winnings? Come on, man. What's, what, how much has Bones made over the years? Well, going forward, I mean, how much, how ma- how much more is Bones – go- I mean, is Phil going to win? He could get a young player that wins a lot more money going forward. Well, if I had my choice, it would be – Grayson Murray. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I probably would have stuck with Phil on that one, but uh, at least for a couple more <laughs> hey, now, now, our boy our boy did have the only ace of the weekend at the Travelers. I don't know if you realize that. No, I didn't even know yeah. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a stick now. Do you think he's still using the clubs you made for him? No. Okay. No, he, he was about that tall. Then. Does, does so. he know yet that he's the official golfer of from the cheap seats? I don't know. We need to get that message out to him. Get him down here. Get that's, him on the show. That's what when I'm he's asking. Back You're the golf yeah. guy. Make it. What's we're, it going to take to get you on? Get you motivated? I'll see if we can figure out a way to get uh, Grayson Murray around here. This is no joke. That that morning that we were talking about Grayson Murray, 
the Adam Gold show on 850 The Buzz. He's listening. He sees us. Stop watching our show, Gold. He's still in the, he's in the. He's in. He sees us. We're still in the rearview mirror. They, but he knows. They brought up Grayson Murray that exact same day, and actually are using that as a soundbite. So stop stealing our stuff, man. Right. Well, let, hey, let's talk about Jordan Spieth. All I right. want to. Well, here's my question to you with regard to Spieth. This right. is his tenth championship before the age of 24, which right. is kind of just a silly stat when you look at it. Not really. Well, no, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, I'm saying, well, in the modern era, whatever, whatever. Right. But talk about what that really means. Well, there's only two other golfers who've done it, and that's Jack and Tiger. So I, I don't, you know, if if you are the only other person to make a 10 foot putt on the ninth hole of this particular green to make a birdie, and the other two were Tiger and Jack, to me, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I don't care what type of stat it is. Now, Tiger went on to win 15 before the age of 24. Uh, That's so, what I was getting at. So I don't know if Jordan will be able to get there. He'd have to have really this – this win will have to spark him into a tremendous year going forward. It is his second win of the year. He's been erratic. I, and, and the cool thing is, is how he won this. I mean, he played terrible. He, he birdied the first two holes and then was really mediocre the rest of the round. But uh, you know, slipped into the playoff and watching and then, that and then yesterday, brought the house down. Watching that yesterday, I didn't know whether the message I took from it was that Jordan Spieth is not as solid as people think he is, or that regardless of what else happens, he's going to figure a way to pull it out. Right. And Brandon, I know you didn't see the final, the the, the end of the Travelers. T shot into the tree. Second shot into the bunker. Right. From 240. Yeah. You're talking about the playoff. Yeah. Hole. yeah. And looks like he's dead in the water and then, well, and, and and then he, holes out the sandy. And he kind of said, yeah, that's where I want to be. He, he He's from 240. He should be hitting from about 120 yeah. into that hole. But he, he pulled his tee shot, and so he got caught up in the tree. He, he had a shot from 240. He said, if I can carry the bunker, great. But if not, that's where I should be. Because in regulation, he had the same bunker shot where he was in the middle of the fairway 120. They thought, it, you know, here he is. He's going to get a good opportunity for a birdie here on the last hole. He dumps it in the bunker, almost holds that exact bunker shot, had about two feet left of the hole. And so in his mind, he's thinking, well, if, I'm, if I can't carry the bunker and I'm in the bunker, I can make a par. We'll go on to the next hole. And then he... He drains it, and you want to talk about an opposite celebration than Brooks Kepka winning the U.S. Open? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were chest bumping. The caddy, nobody talks about this, threw the rake 20 feet in the air. You know, Jordan tosses the golf club, slams it, uh, almost broke it probably, and then they just, it was a great celebration. Well, did the camera ever go to Daniel Berger? At all in that. Well, he high fived him afterwards. He did, and it was a a good moment because the crowd went bananas. Oh yeah, and what an attendance in Connecticut, right? But in all of that, Speed did a good job of getting people to calm down so that Burger could go. And Burger almost hit that putt from fifty feet. And I mean, he missed one two weeks ago. Yeah, Burger. I mean, he's he's balling right now too. Burger's good good golfer. Well, we're gonna that's. I don't know. Maybe we'll do some more golf. I don't know where we're Let's headed. Let's do it. But uh, you're listening to From the Cheap Seats, WDCC 
WBLZ Sports Network, Buffalo Sports Network. Check out our archive on SoundCloud. Go to SoundCloud from the Cheap Seats. Follow us, please. We're uh, we're racking up more followers all the time. You can find us on Facebook at From the Cheap Seats and at Cheap Seat Radio on Twitter. Check me out at Chris underscore DeLambert on Twitter. Brandon, his fax number is 1-800. Hashtag 1-800-FAX-ME. Six championships. That's right. Or seven. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back. If you're listening to us on 90.5, this is the last segment. Follow us on or over to the WBLZ Sports app or BSN 716 or at your leisure when you're working out like Dave Kaplan does. Just listen to the show on SoundCloud. From the Cheap Seats. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up some golf. You've got a couple points you want to make real quick, Dave. Well, going to Jordan and Tiger comparisons. So both of them won multiple U.S. Amateurs. There's yeah, that small company there. Um, won the Masters at age 21 or younger. The course 10 PGA plus 10 plus PGA wins before the age of 24. And here's I think this is the neatest stat of all of them. In the last 40 years, they're the only two golfers to win the Masters and U.S. Open in the same year. So, I mean, it's it's good company. He he's balling. And then also Spieth, you know, Tiger in the beginning was known. If he had the lead, it, it was it was done. Yeah, he was a closer for sure. Yeah, he was a closer until uh, oh the PGA Championship where he lost a major to uh, uh, what was it Yang, Why Yang or something like that took him out. Yeah, th- yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and that was wild. I mean, here this dude was hitting hybrids in the holes that uh, Tiger was hitting uh, wedges into, and and he took him out, just buried him. But anyway. Uh, Spieth, 54-hole lead nine times. He's won eight of them now, although not too stylish yesterday until it got very stylish at the end. Uh, but the, uh, the only one he he gave up was uh, 2016 Masters. That was the with, meltdown. 
the meltdown on number 12. Yeah, he was looking solid to that point, and he didn't get the Freddie hang up on the uh, edge of 12. It rolled back in. By the way, Freddie won yesterday. He did. In Wisconsin, American Family Insurance. It's Stricker's tournament up in Wisconsin. So yeah, he's hitting the ball like a million yards. And I know. I'm telling you. Old. 58 years old, 59 years old. It's a monster. Still, still 57. Just, okay. So you were talking about, I don't want to age about, You were talking about Jordan Spieth's meltdown. Speaking of meltdowns, <laughs> the Brick City Classic was this weekend. Right. And uh, 41st Brick Capital Golf Tournament, I do believe. That's impressive. I heard there was some non-shot out there. There was, but let's let's focus on the good <laughs> golf. <laughs> hey, I will say this about my buddy Matt Rhodes. I got to, we both played horrible on Saturday. Got to play with each other on Sunday, and he uh, on number seven. He he tries to hit it in the family dollar. Uh, caught, a, <laughs> caught a little flyer. I've hit it into the family dollar. I've been yeah, you, yeah. you know, and so he makes an eight on that hole. Then he proceeds to birdie the next four holes, and uh, number twelve would have been the fifth hole. He misses it just left of the cup for a fifth birdie in a row. Misses a four footer on thirteen, which would have been a sixth birdie in a row, and then makes a birdie on fourteen. You talk about recovering from an eight. I think he shot seventy two, won the flight. Hands down, but anyway. But see, if Brandon and I were out on the course, the only part of that that would have mattered was the shot into the family dollar or the yeah. dollar general. Dollar general. Yeah, dollar he general thought he hit it solid. Line. He was over in the right rough <laughs> near the uh, pine tree. Let me tell you something. There are some flyer. farm bureau balls over there. The dollar general. <laughs> yeah. they have just, to dress this, just to dress this up for the people that that are out there listening. That's not the worst place you can end up over in the Dollar General. Oh, you, yeah. Brandon and I have played that hole and along the right side of that fairway. Yes. It's a cemetery. That's right. And it's, first of all, hitting into the cemeteries frowned upon in the first place. And there was a funeral there. That's where I'm going As with well. Yeah. We have been on that hole several times where there's a, a funeral actively going on. Yeah. That's pressure. Yeah. A gallery is nothing. I look at these PGA guys, it's like, there's 15,000 people on this fairway lining the thing to watch them hit this ball. Right. That's nothing. It was a military You got a funeral. It was a military Oh, my God. Because they were playing the... Bad pipes. Yeah, no, the trumpet. But what? Oh. what is that? I don't know the name of the song, but you know the song they play at the funerals. Taps. The taps. Yeah. That's it, taps. I did know it, actually. But anyway. Yeah, you know so, it's so happened. You, you know it's happened at least once. Where oh, of course it has. Of course it has. And so the way we oh, handled absolutely. it, the way we handled it is we clubbed way down. <laughs> yeah. No, the way you handle it is you just hit it and ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> so just distance. keep rolling on. You no, say there you're, was dead, a, you're dead over there. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, on a good drive, you can get out there to within about 120. Right. There was there was one time that I I like. Yeah, you took don't want a four it. iron out and just skipped it. I will you tell you, want L, I wasn't going to take come it. into the uh, equation at well, that point. You know how sometimes you get tree love. Um, it, there was no funeral going on, but I have gotten some tombstone <laughs> love. Have you? Nice. Just kicked it right back onto the you know fairway or just real, short real quick. Back to the brick capital. Uh, will Morgan shoots uh, 63, 68. Tell us about Will. He's a uh, Turned amateur again. He was a pro down in the Pinehurst area, uh, club pro. And uh, great player. Uh, he ended up uh, uh, shooting a 63 on Saturday and had a lead by four coming into Sunday and then stretched it out, shot 68 on Sunday. 
11 under beat Craig Sturdivant's record from 1996, who was 10 under, so new tournament record. I think he won by seven. Some local folks were uh, uh, Walter Brinkler uh, plays up at Appalachian, shot 69-69. Jonathan McCurry. Yeah, he can play, yeah. So there was a lot of them there around three or four under, but uh, it was obviously Will's tournament to win, and congratulations to him. He did a great job. John Hockaday? John Hockaday was in the mix, yep. Um, Just for a second while I talk for the next couple minutes, let us find out who hit the low score was. Find out who came in last, just so we can give a shot. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll see what I can do. Back to the Sanford Municipal Golf Tournament, I guess who's sponsoring this segment here. Um, (laughs) Tell the truth, Ken. Have you ever played out of that cemetery? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah, I've got nobody that. seems to be a hundred percent clear on what the rules for playing out of well, the cemetery. Are. You know, there, there's extremes, right? I mean, if you totally banana slice it out into the fair, into the cemetery, you're not going to go play. But if it's close, you know, on the side, yeah, totally I think that's banana. one of I'm those. I'm going to poke it back out. I, I like that. Yeah. Brand, get, I, I don't even know. I know you have. Oh. <laughs> Listen, right. there's. There's some divots out there that I am not proud of, for sure. <laughs> I'll be honest, though. I want to be buried out there. Mm. Yeah. So I can be that close. There you go. And you can stop by on the way through. Hey, Chris, how's it going? I'm going to come over here and hit from right off of here. Yeah. Uh, 226. That's a 108, then a 118. Mm. Great name here. Mm. Rick Dam. Rick Dam. <laughs> Congratulations, Rick Dam. 226. Come on the show anytime. We'll have you. Yeah. <laughs> 226. Wow. I hate I was in Aruba. I could have I could have I could have come in under 226 by a score oh, yeah. or two, I think. We'll have to uh this is a foursome next year. Well, yeah, on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And if you I just need you to come out there and shoot a nine while I'm playing with you. Okay. Because I've never seen I, that. I'll do my best. You've seen me put up all right, hold up. Ken I know you play golf, but what's your game looking like? Uh, it's in shambles. Um, with four kids, you know, you just can't get out. But it used to be good. So there's hope that okay. someday I can get it back. What's the handicap now? looking like nowadays? Oh, it's real. The trajectory is going high. So it's probably it's it's 11 now, but it'll be. He just said it's in a shambles, and he he's eleven. No, 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 no. I, oh. I I am a, a ninety five away from it jumping up, probably to <laughs> upper teens. No okay. problem. All right. Yeah, that's when you know you're a baller right there. <laughs> you're a baller. He's yeah. not Robin Perkins, but he's a. Baller. I've I've got a question for you. If Brandon was in the bunker, maybe kind of playing around with the sand a little bit. You know, it's a hazard, so you're not supposed to ground your club. Would you uh, correct him? In a stern manner during the round of golf. Is this for money or just for fun? This is for force. No, just for fun. This is for foursome uh, potential in the future. Uh, Maybe let it slide. <laughs> let it slide. What, he might let it slide. Depends. Uh, like so. no. We got to no, figure no, out no. who's going to be on teams too. If we do this. Oh we'll no! We need, to, we need to go out and we need to. You know what? We'll go play the uh, Steven Center tournament together oh, okay. puts us all everybody on in? the same team August yeah. 8th everybody down where's that one at Tobacco Road mm, Tobacco Road I think we got it yes Tobacco Road we're in now the world knows where yeah, you can't sure. you can't ground your club at Tobacco Road right oh, you, you can, can. Yeah, you it's, can. It's, it's can at Tobacco yeah. Road yeah, yeah. that's a, not a hazard it's just waste area yeah 
So you're Highland Hills. So you, so like when you, Highland Hills. Like there was sand flying out of that trap. I understand <laughs> why y'all said what you said. <laughs> he was he was practicing and, and uh, uh, oh, so that's what. I did. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so he was corrected, not by me, but he was. Corrected. Yeah, keep the sand as much as possible in the bunker. Okay, I raked it. <laughs> so I mean, it was all good. Were they going to hire you? They look like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they get that for free. You need a part-time job. Chris did hit a ball into the bottom of a rake. You yes. know the little hole at the bottom of the rake? That's a trick he, shot. He literally got a hole in one, but it went in this tube handle of a rake. I've never seen anything like that. Well, the, I've only got one better with Brandon, and I won't embarrass the golf course that he did it at, but Brandon lost a ball marker down an aeration hole. That was <laughs> That's amazing. Right. Yeah. That's right. True story. How does mm. that happen? Big aeration. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next, guys? Because I'm done with golf. I want to know about basketball. Who won the draft? Celtics. Oof. Uh, well, I know who lost. Who the lost? The Bulls, no doubt. Ethan, well, when you look at the draft, Just I think overall. they definitely lost the trade. Yes. Um. Give us your thoughts on the on the whole Jimmy Butler trade. We started and stopped on the Jimmy Butler situation a little while ago. I'm just really confused at that whole process of why they did what they did. Were they trying to free up space? Were they trying to go after Paul George? I mean, what's going on? I, mean, I don't know. I have no idea what the Bulls are thinking. Dave, what do you think? The ACC won the draft. The ACC won they the sure draft. did. That's when what was I the think. first? When was the first ACC player taken? I guess or Minnesota, right? I don't. Uh, it was Tatum, right? Number three. Tatum yeah. was number three. Where Tatum play ball at? Duke. Duke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I will no, say I'm, that I'm very happy. I will say he, that, he that I think if there's a winner from on draft night itself, I really like what Sacramento Kings did, and that yep. included taking Justin Jackson. Um, yeah in the trade with with Portland, but they essentially ended up with Justin Jackson at the 15th point. But uh, when we come back, I want to talk about why I think Sacramento won this thing. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 
You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Welcome to the second half of the show, guys. This is the non-terrestrial radio portion. So you're either listening to us on SoundCloud or you're tracking us on WBLZ or BSN 716. And in honor of becoming a part of the Buffalo Sports Network. I think at some point we've got to incorporate a uh, a Buffalo Minute. What are we going to call We'll call it the Upstate Minute. Upstate Trent, you're in charge minute. of that. So before the end of the show, you got to come up with something interesting about Buffalo. Gotcha. Hey, we're going to talk a whole bunch about the NBA, but before we do, I want to talk about baseball for a minute. So, Brandon, you can go ahead and catch a nap. All right, I'll be back, guys. Here is my issue, Trent. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, for a million years, played the All-Star Game, and it was a spectacle that just sort of stood alone, didn't have to mean anything from a competitive standpoint, and people dug it. It was a big deal. Major League Baseball, maybe better than any other of the professional sports leagues in America, sort of got it right with the All-Star Game. And one of the components with that was that you had one representative at least from every team uh, the fans got to pick the teams. There wasn't any, you know, weighted stuff where they do it like in the NFL where the players get to vote and all the rest of that. It's straight up popularity contest. Nobody made any bones about it. You didn't always necessarily get the best players. But the voting was democratic, and the product on the field was not very important. It was just a showcase. And in this day and age, as baseball has fallen off significantly relative to the NFL Mm -hmm. and is now sort of in second place with the NBA, baseball's always clamoring, looking for an angle, trying to bring people in. And they keep screwing with the rules of the game. They've eliminated, you know, visits to the mound, or not eliminated, but now you have timed visits to the mound. You've got instant replay now, which is horrible. 
by the way, that's just my chance to say that. It's an aberration. I yeah, even it. like a shot clock. I was at the Durham Bulls game the other day, and they had the 20-second yes. countdown for the, the pitcher. Yep. I was like, what the heck? Well, you have the pitch clock, and in MLB, the players are on a clock, but it's not – you can't see it. Mm-hmm. They need to cut it out. Leave the game alone. Baseball fans are who you need to appeal to. We will keep this game alive. Okay? But I came up with an idea. A couple of years ago, it's been, I don't know, 10 years ago, Bud Selig came up with a gimmick and said, well, we'll take the All-Star game and to, you know, try to improve the, the product on the field and get people's attention, the league that wins the All-Star game will get home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. I didn't like that. Didn't and what like did the first game, remember the first game that it meant something? Yes, I do. Brandon doesn't. Tell the world. There and should be a clock when you're on baseball discussion in general. <laughs> there is. The first game ended up in a tie. Yes. Seven seven tie. So he was booed. Bud Selig was booed. For the millionth time, because that's what people do when they hear his <laughs> name. But here's my rec here's my idea, Trent Nichols. Mm-hmm. Baseball's reverted back now. They've said for this year's World Series, it'll be the team with the best record that wins their league. Which it should. Mm, yeah, I'm with that. But why not take the All-Star game, which is coming up, coming up in about two weeks, why not have the winning league in the All-Star team get the rights to host the following All-Star game? Hmm. How cool would that be if at the end of the game – Ninth inning comes, American League wins, and immediately following, they roll a hopper out to the pitcher's mound, and all 15 American League teams have a card in there, and one is drawn out. And at that instant, the announcement's made that fill-in-the-blank city. (laughs) (laughs) It's the theme of the show. Will be the host city for next year's All-Star Game. Yeah, I mean, because right now they're they're giving the players a money incentive. There's a pool of money, which, I mean, these guys make more right. money than almost anything. So, yeah. yes, they'll play hard because money is money. But I think that's a brilliant idea because then you're getting more cities involved, more fans involved. What about this? The city, instead of just pulling out randomly, whatever city had the most votes – for their all-star players. Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, it can be people can vote a ton. I know I saw you. You max out your votes almost every day for your all-stars. I do. Um, but let's say, okay, Chicago had 1.2 million people vote for the all-star game. And Kansas City had 1.3 million. All of a sudden, American League wins. I love it. Boom. Well, think about it now. The and I'm thinking, vote. well, there's a disparity because you got you know New York and whatever. But... That might be an inspired idea. And that way, when you when it came down to it, you would have you would know in advance, okay, mm-hmm. the, the National League team that had the most total votes for its players was the Marlins. Yeah. Miami Marlins. Yep. In the American League, it was Kansas City. And then the winning league, whichever city was that, is the host of the next or year. Or you I add one little awesome. button. Where are you from? Your hometown. Boom, Chicago. Or what's your favorite team? Boom, the Mets. And that gets that vote to it. 
That'd be you know, it, interesting. It like might it. be skewed a little bit because you have a ton of Cubs fans, you have a ton of Yankee fans, you have all that. But if I'm a, you know, if I'm an Athletics fan and I want that All Star game here in Oakland, I'm going to make sure I'm voting and I'm voting all the time like because it. now I can impact my team and get that money for my my city. That's an interesting wrinkle. I'd have to sit back and kind of analyze that, but I like that. Yeah. So the All Star game's coming up in about two weeks. Brandon, do you care? No. All right. No. You know what you do care about, though? You know, for one thing that could spice things up is you take you take a during the at bat you take a basketball and shoot it into a basketball hoop. I was going to say somehow. that you take the MLB All Stars and have them play a game of football against each other. I think I think that's you know what would be cool though just kind of like in hockey if there was a lot more uh, you mean fighting in baseball like hockey ball fi- if there was more fighting in baseball it, it would be tremendous I'd tune in all the time and and fights have been virtually eliminated the thing that I hate that's been eliminated because of instant replay is the managers coming out onto the field yeah. It just doesn't happen anymore. It was awesome. Yeah, John Farrow the other day almost blew a vein in his forehead. He was so pissed off. Yeah, and it's I, rare they don't come out and yell anymore. Nope. Don Mattingly doesn't even leave his little spot. He's like, Bruh. and think about it. Generally, when especially if it's a home team and that team is down, the manager's coming out there to try to light a fire. Yep. The biggest ovation of the day would be for the manager getting tossed. And we've eliminated that from baseball. Yeah. Well done, MLB. My my biggest thing that I hate that they've taken away from baseball, steroids. <laughs> no I doubt. mean, there is people are hitting home runs, but the pitchers aren't as good. I mean, you got to let them do steroids <laughs> again. So why are they hitting home runs this season? They say the ball's wound tighter. Yeah. They're just like in hockey, just like in every sport, they want more scoring. They're going to figure out a way without letting them cheat with steroids to hit more home runs and make it more exciting. Yes. Plain and simple. Hmm. And if that didn't work, they'd go to graphite bats. They'd lower the pitcher's mound, whatever. MLB's on this, uh, this road to hell. Do you think they'll ever put a speed limit on the ball? Like you can't throw it? Why not? As fast. They did it in NASCAR. Because Restrictor all these young pitchers. On you know, I used to be I used to believe that the Mets were going to be so much better for so long than the Cubs because they were built around pitching instead of hitting. And boy was I wrong because everybody goes down. Everybody gets hurt. These kids are ruining their arms trying to throw this in an unnatural fashion so many times that you know, might as well just go rent a pitcher to try to win the World Series like the Cubs did. Well, and you're talking about these young kids with these arms. It's like the Reds took Hunter Green with the second pick of the MLB mm-hmm. draft. Hunter Green is 17 years old, throwing the ball as high as 102 miles yeah. an hour. Shitani, or Shohai Otani, the Ooh. Japanese phenom. Bless this, you. <laughs> dude, this guy is Babe Ruth right now in Japan and is playing every day as a DH and pitching might be the best pitcher in Japan and the best offensive player in Japan. How old is he? 22 years old. And he's 
he's already said he's coming to MLB. He understands that by by not waiting until the age of 25, he's given up a lot of cheese. Because you know with the new international signing rules, $6 million's the cap. Mm-hmm. His thing is he's only willing to sign with an MLB team that is willing to allow him to play in the field as well as pitch. Um, he's a phenom to end all phenoms. 102 miles an hour. These the human body. There is a limit to the you know the tendons, the ligaments, the muscles, and everything and else. You Physiologically, yeah. you just can't continue to throw a ball that fast that often. You're going to wreck those arms. So steroids, maybe I don't know. I know you're joking, but something's got to give. You see these kids now coming up through uh, travel baseball, and their parents are going and having them have elective Tommy John surgery yeah. to strengthen their elbow. We're in a we're in a different age, it's, and yeah. something's got to give. The other thing with it too, and and you know, Cincinnati had a kid come up from Double A and made his debut um, last week against. Um, I don't even remember who he made his debut against Nationals, I think, mm-hmm. but was throwing the ball 100, 100 miles an hour. This straight up from Double A. Well, the problem with that is that type of velocity. You barrel one of those things, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things at play. I don't know if it's time to move the to raise the mound again. But I don't know. Baseball's in a weird place, and more offense is not the answer. I think um, the scariest thing is those pitchers blowing out their arms. I mean, what do you think about pitchers throwing at batters? It's is, part is it of retaliation. The game. So you guys approve of that? Yes. What about the guy? What was his name? Just recently, the coach stated publicly, and they opted not to hit him, and then he they grooved one accidentally, and he knocked it out of the park, and they. I think that's kind of an interesting part of the game for, as an outsider. I didn't believe the three years, waiting three years to face yeah, Bryce Harper again and then clock him. But. but here's the thing with here's the thing with baseball, is as much as all of the things that we just talked about are a part of these huge offensive numbers that are going on in in this era of baseball, maybe the biggest thing is the way these batters are able to hang out over the plate. First of all, they have no fear of being thrown at because there's repercussions that come down and you're taking people's money. But the other thing is all this hardware they let these guys wear. And you see Barry Bonds set the train. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission 
helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. So we meant to talk about a little uh, NBA draft and got diverted down the uh, baseball rabbit hole, but we were talking during the break. If you guys haven't seen Shohei Otani and the and the um, phenomenal skill set he brings to the table, check him out on YouTube. Um, he will be coming MLB bound the end of this year, and it's going to be an interesting situation because what's happened in the past with these Japanese players is they've come in and they've been established veterans and there was an open bidding war for them. This is going to be a little bit different because there's two components. First, you have to pay the team mm-hmm. that owns him, but then you have to negotiate the individual contract. The individual contract's going to be $6 million, period, because that's all you can offer an international player under the age of 25 now. So the question is, Who's going to be? A, what's it going to take to get him away from his team in Japan? But he's not helping him because he's he's not on the fence. His thing is, I want to come to the states. I want to play against Bryce Harper. I want to play against uh, Clayton Kershaw, and he's ready to go. Yeah, so he doesn't want not, to wait. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of leverage for the team. Well, we'll keep him here because he he wants to come to the U.S. Um, he wants to be Babe Ruth. And, you know, people out there may not realize Babe Ruth at one point was the best pitcher and best hitter in baseball. And over the years, you know, they sort of transitioned him off the mound. But uh, very interesting stuff afoot. Hmm. I think to make it more interesting, they should uh, release wild animals out into the outfield. <laughs> maybe not that as dangerous as, like, dire like wolf, dire wolves, but maybe like a honey, <laughs> like a honey badger. That you could most likely outrun, but if he gets a hold of you, that's it. It's a wrap. I, what do y'all think about that idea? I think that's a tremendous idea. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I'm so, just saying for the casual fan, that might be kind of awesome. <laughs> what, the hot dog race Dude, is not the, enough the, the for The sausage race is in, in or that Milwaukee. that one guy that amazing. keeps making everyone fall at yes. the Atlanta Braves. The guy who, they give him a head start, right? Yeah. And yes. then this dude chases him down. Him. And the best one was when Homeboy thought he had yes. won it. And he goes to, you know, he's showboating. And he's looking back right as the guy's passing yep. him. And, you know, he falls down, looks like an idiot. I think that's what baseball needs See, right there. Now, you saw that he got beat the other day. Oh, no. Yeah, somebody finally beat him. Oh. I read somewhere about speed. You know, uh, Usain Bolt, he runs about 28 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Do you know that a horse fly is one of the fastest animals? I had no idea. A horse fly? A horse fly. Look it up. I'm not lying about How it. How fast does a horse fly fly? It's just under 100 <laughs> miles per hour. Shut up! It's. I'm not kidding. I'll look it up again. But, like... <laughs> There's an, there are animals they've um, recorded like this falcon or something that when it goes into a deep dive it's over 240 miles per hour. That's some real speed right there. And this segment has been brought to you by <laughs> baseball is boring and anything else is more entertaining. Oh, thanks for that Animal Planet segment, Brandon. Horsefly, look it up. Much. I'm not kidding. I'm, don't try to. Here's the deal. Horsefly comes out of you. Just let it happen. You're not. I'm gonna. Run, you're not gonna outrun it. All 
Hmm. Swat it. <laughs> what? What's happened? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to beat that with my Buffalo segment that I've been prepping for. But. Okay. Let's okay. What's... Here's my question. We heard leading up to this draft that this top 10 is where all of the future stars were. Is that is that a fair statement? I think that's somewhat fair. I think this draft was rich, full of players that could potentially come out. I feel like you know, I'm looking here – um, there's players in the top 50. Chris, when we were talking about NCAA tournament, how often would we talk about Jordan Bell and Dylan Brooks? Bro, Jordan Bell, to me, is going to show what the real difference between Golden State and the rest of the NBA is. You know, we, we keep talking about Golden State. Well, it's not fair that they got Kevin Durant. It's not right. fair. It's not right. It ruins the game. Dude, you're ignoring the fact that they drafted Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, none of whom were top three picks. These guys have have done what you're supposed to do. Jordan Bell goes to the Bulls at number 38. And they sell him for $3.5 million. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that the Bulls were strapped for cash or cap space because they just traded Jimmy Butler, their only premium player. What are you doing? Jordan Bell may not ever be a superstar in the NBA. However, Jordan Bell is going to come in and Jordan Bell is going to play defense and he's going to rebound for you and he's not going to scream for buckets. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. That's the type of role players you build winning teams with. The Bulls had him and they sold him for $3.5 million. You've got this kid under control essentially for six years for peanuts. Did a... Phil Jackson take over there in Chicago and nobody told me Phil's about it. Phil's rubbing off, man. Uh, Phil Jackson, what? The Bulls always been... try to make Phil Jackson look good. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing with Phil Jackson, man. Plenty of times you've seen a player go be a coach and fail. Mm-hmm. Other times you've seen a player become a general manager. Matt Millen comes to mind right out of the box Yikes. and fail. I don't know that I've ever seen a successful coach go become an executive or a GM and be such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, I don't. But it's, it's not. It's how, cartoonish at this point. How does it even? I don't even. I have no understanding. It makes me question everything. How was he so successful as a coach? If he has zero idea on player evaluation, yeah, player evaluation and how to build a team, how was he successful? Brandon, do you go ahead and just ask? I don't understand. Hmm. Could it have anything to do with well, Michael, Michael Jordan? Jordan. No, I know. Shaquille Jordan. O'Neal, right. Jordan. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but you would think that Scottie he would Griffin. have some kind of knowledge on evaluating well, the guys coming out and putting a team together that could mirror that. Well, wait a minute. It, he doesn't have a problem evaluating talent. I mean, this is the guy that took Kristaps Porzingis. But now you've got Porzingis. And instead of trying to build a team around here, you're trying to run the guy out of town? What are you doing? Well, that's what I was hoping for. Send him to the Celtics. Shoot. Jeez. I would have sent anything. Carmelo, An- Carmelo Anthony. 
you know, for all of his warts, Carmelo Anthony's one of the greatest offensive weapons in the NBA. And he just gets trashed repeatedly by the organization. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they go in and they bring other people's garbage in, and you're looking, I'm looking at you, Yannick Noah. Or Joachim Noah, Yannick Noah, his daddy. I don't understand what's going on here. I just don't get it. And we're talking about the top ten. Yes, I think there's some depth to this draft. I think there's some players that people slept on. But when you look at this in a vacuum, I think that there were ten players that were head and shoulders above everybody else. All right? And that starts with Markel Fultz to the Sixers. Fultz, to me, is a guy that could very easily miss and be nobody in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his tape, it's pretty amazing. And really, I mean, you didn't have that much tape to look at, period. But the the games that he did play, his athletic his ability to get to the rim is just unbelievable. He's explosive. But for a number 1 pick, I think he's what it is. Let me look at it. I think he's 6 They're listing him. I think he's he's closer to 6'4". But, you know, I mean, if he loses some of that athleticism, see what happened. Dwayne Wade stayed healthy during the course of his career. But when he lost that athleticism, he just turned into a player that wasn't that good. And I know – Derrick Rose. Look at Derrick Rose. Once he blew out his knee. So why not get, you know – even the great Michael Jordan started to wear out at the end of his career, but he was tall enough and big enough that he developed a low post game that was virtually unstoppable. Look, you guys are you guys are agreeing with me, but I'm going to have to like pivot and disagree. Oh, okay. Because you can't. Well, draft maybe we'll a guy, agree with you again. Well, you you can't draft a guy like Markel Fultz and be thinking, well, down the road when he loses his athleticism, you have to draft at face value. But here's here's my thing. Athletically, yes, the kid is gifted. All right. But I'm looking at De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is every bit as gifted as this guy. He's only an inch shorter, and he's had success. Here's my issue with Markel Fultz. So you think the Sixers is going to win right away with this guy? No, I didn't say that at all. Let me finish my point. Here's my problem with Markel Fultz. You're the number one player in the entire draft. Okay, That status in our minds should be reserved for folks like Iverson, yeah, LeBron, yeah, that's the transformational type player that you're you're getting there, right? Yeah, Kevin Durant, Markel Fultz, supposed to be the best player in all the land, best pro prospect, which should put him way up there in terms of skill set. Went nine and twenty-two at Washington. Not one quality win the entire season. This guy that is the best player in the entire land got beat by Yale. Yeah, but Chris, you're matching him up with another guy that didn't take his team to the NCAA tournament. So they have no winning leadership right there. That's what I'm getting at. You know, This is a team game. And how many times when you think about great college basketball players, mm-hmm. great college players, can you think back and remember the day that they put that team on their back and accomplished something they had no business accomplishing? Fultz didn't do it a single time. 
at Washington. Not one game. Look at their record. They lost 15 of their last 16 games. Well, you mentioned putting teams on their back. Look, De'Aaron Fox is going to take this guy's lunch, I think, in the NBA. Look at – I'm not talking about De'Aaron Fox, but putting them on your backs. Look at Dennis Smith at NC State. That dude went into Cameron and beat them. That's – Beat Duke in Cameron. That's the point I'm trying to make. And I would even say that Dennis Smith, for all the hype that he got in this area – Yep was a little bit overrated. It's a little bit rose-colored glasses. Maybe. But there are games that you can look at Dennis Smith, who wasn't on any worse a team, and he got it done. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Quiero to todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. 
Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent. We're talking NBA, talking about the draft. Markel Fultz, let me finish my thought with that. You were talking about Dennis Smith Jr., and we got a chance to see him up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. is an athletic freak. Now, the reports have always been that he has a 48-inch vert. I don't believe that, but it doesn't matter. We saw this guy up close and personal go to Cameron and beat Duke on their floor. With a sorry state team. With a sorry state team. Ken's gone, so I can't, you know, I can say things like that. He knows they're sorry. He does. But my point is, is that at what point, and there were some, you know, some games where he put up good numbers, but where along this journey of his through the entire season at Washington – did we see him make his team and elevate the play of the guys around him? Yeah, but Chris, he was on that sports science show where he's dodging dodgeballs. <laughs> didn't you see that? I didn't see it. Oh, my gosh. He dodges all of them. Basically, what they do is the nine, the science guy, maybe. I forget his name. <laughs> it's an ESPN science where they tra- track people's speed and their reaction times. And they have Fultz. They roll him out here on the basketball court, and he's got to dribble the length of the court and finish at the basket. And this national championship dodgeball team's hurling balls at him. And that's supposed to mean what? That baseball's not boring? <laughs> I don't know. But, but I, I get your point. But your point is, is that this guy hadn't done nothing yet. Right? Well, and and, you and you've said one. this a million times. This is one of your go-to phrases. 6'4 swingmen are a dime a dozen. Yeah. If you're going to play point guard in the NBA, your your job is to make the players around you better. Now, he's probably going to play the shooting guard in the NBA, but you're putting him in there with Ben Simmons, who's played exactly zero minutes in the yeah. NBA, Joel Embiid, who's played, what, 25 games in the last two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and we're anointing Philly – as a contender, I'm confused as to the thought process. So, but with your so, rationale, though, who made their team better than Lorenzo Ball? Uh, than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo Ball. Hmm. I mean, look what he did for UCLA. I would say there's a couple guys. They had some ballers on UCLA. If we look at the top ten, if we look at the top ten, I'm going to go first of all with Laurie Markinen. Lowry Markinen is a matchup nightmare. Now, whether or not that translates to the NBA and he can become another Dirk Nowitzki, I don't know. But he was a difference maker for Arizona, which at one point last year was the best team in the country. So I'll start there. We talked about Dennis Smith Jr. Smith played on a dumpster fire NC State team that was in shambles with Mark Gottfried and and you know his leaving, not leaving, whatever. So that's two. Lonzo Ball, there is some validity to your point. Lonzo Ball, to me, has a completely different challenge ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Lonzo Ball, to me, is not athletic enough to play defense in the NBA. He, to me, seems to have gotten away with having superior length, but he's lazy on defense. He does not have good lateral quickness. The whole thing you just said about about Markel Fultz dodging dodgeballs while he's dribbling up and down the court (coughs) – I'd like to see that same exercise 
done with Lonzo Ball. Let me tell you something. Don't tell that to Magic Johnson. Magic's all in on him. And, and you know what? Lonzo Ball may be the second coming of Magic Johnson. But Magic Johnson coming out of Michigan State didn't have any question marks about what he could or could not do on the, on the floor. But isn't it kind of weird that Magic – I mean, he's picking up a number two, but that Magic is sitting in a press conference going, the Showtime Lakers are coming back. Yep. Don't take too many of my records. It's just a little weird. And by the way, Brandon Ingram's there going – Hey, what about me? Yeah. I mean, he got picked number two overall. It, it just seems really strange. And well, like, I'm not going to well, question I think Magic me. sees Ball as maybe the second coming of Magic because maybe. of and the he way that be. he drives he in and dishes the ball. If Lonzo Ball proves me wrong and can play defense in the NBA, then you've got a guy that has the same type of, of instincts and vision that Magic did, mm-hmm. plays unselfishly, have to give him that. And has a jumper, you know, even though it's the ugliest jumper you ever want to see, maybe Lonzo Ball can be that guy. I like when I look at Lonzo Ball versus Markel Fultz, the fact that Lonzo Ball actually went out and won games in the NCAA. Now, is it a fair comparison? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his shelf life is definitely better if you ask some of the talking heads out there because – you can't question Lonzo Ball's basketball IQ. No. It's off the charts. Absolutely. Good. You can anybody who knows anything about basketball can see that. And the fact that he's a facilitator makes him a better long term bet. Like so not only can he score, but he doesn't always look for his shot first. Why would you? He shoots it from his belt line. But he's a facilitator, he passes it, he gets he gets that engine. He made going. everyone okay. else better. So what you just said was is that I've got a point guard that can score that has a great IQ, that empowers the players around him and plays unselfishly. I thought for a second you were talking about Frank Mason. <laughs> yeah. And the knock here's – my, here's my point with that is that you look at a guy like Frank Mason, Frank Mason wasn't a first-round pick. Why? Because he's too small. Yeah. Too small, can't play defense because you're not going to be able to check – you know, these point guards in the NBA that are 6'3", 6'4". Here's the thing. Frank Mason can scoot around the court like he's on skates. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a defensive liability no matter who you match him up with. If you I, – I, and I said this to somebody on Twitter the other day, and they came back at me, well, you know, anybody would. And I said, I really think Russell Westbrook will put 60 on Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. He cannot check him. Well, he, you know, Westbrook could put 60 on anybody. Really? When's he ever done that? I get that you know, Westbrook could go out there and put up 30 and fight for those points, but I just think if you take a, Damian Lillard, how is he going to check these guys? These guys will blow by him at will. That's what I see, and I think that being 6'6", he's been able to get away with smaller athletes who weren't superior because he's so long. What did Kentucky do to this guy? Well, is that why De'Aaron Fox came up to number five? That's exactly why. what he did to Ball. De'Aaron Fox didn't just do that to Lonzo Ball. De'Aaron Fox did that to everybody. Except Carolina. But De'Aaron Fox scored at will on Lonzo Ball. And yes, De'Aaron Fox has superior speed. But so does John Wall. So does Damian Lillard. So does Russell Westbrook. That's why these guys are solid NBA point guards, and there's 15 of them out there that will blow by most mortal athletes. Lonzo Ball's going to have to check those guys every single night. 
And to compound that, the Lakers didn't even give themselves an option to have this guy run as a two because they gave away D'Angelo Russell, a okay. trade that they will rue forever. Well, maybe the plan is they don't have him guarding the point guard. You know, I just saw a special where they had, you know, Kareem got hurt. Magic Johnson had to play center. He went in there. Maybe you just match him up against, you know, the shooting guard. Maybe okay. So you if run you've got a defender it, right. that you can play on offense as the two, that can check the point guard, that's fine. Who are those guys? Yeah, I'm just saying that in theory you could do that. You don't have yeah, to put them on the You're going to have to. Yeah. So I, I agree and, with you 100%. Your point, your point on Frank Mason, yeah, great college player, pro- probably going to be a good regular season player, but the problem being at six foot tall, if you're seeing eye to eye with me <laughs> – you're gonna have you're gonna be a liability in any playoffs that you Agreed. get into. Like I mean, they're gonna find a way to expose. I remember the great Chicago Bulls ran into my Charlotte Hornets back in the day, and the problem turned out to be Muggsy Bogues. He didn't have much of a shot. He basically they the Bulls backed off of Muggsy Bogues, and yep. the Hornets had them not against the ropes, but they were playing evenly. You know, Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson. And they said, we're going to let Muggsy Bogues shoot. And that, that's, that's where their the series. That's and those, series those Hornets teams, when we, we've talked a lot about the Lakers or the, the Bulls' legacy and the era in which they played, the team that's forgotten an awful lot are those Charlotte Hornet teams. Oh, my God. Well, what about Mourning this draft? And, Speaking and of the Hornets. Larry Johnson. Now, at number 11. The, the steal of the draft, period. Write that down. Malik Monk. Falling to 11. This is a guy that for the better part of the season we were talking about as a potential top three pick. And here he is at 11 for a team that really, really, really needed somebody that can create their own shot and put up buckets. You take this Hornets team, which has been on the fringe. They've been on the cusp of the playoffs the last couple years, either in or out. Kimball Walker is the best point guard in the NBA that nobody knows about. Let me ask you a question, though. I've been on the receiving end as a Tar Heel fan of Malik Monk damage. Isn't he a little streaky to be a superstar in terms of his shooting? I, he, I don't know that he's going to be a superstar. Okay. That's okay. the steal of the draft, though. That's like. the steal of the draft. To get him at 11 in a fit like that. Now, one of these guys down the board may be the next Kawhi Leonard. But I'm telling you today, looking at it with what we know Malink Monk can do, and is he a streaky shooter? Sure. So is Clay Thompson. And if Malik Monk can be something akin to what Clay Thompson is, you add him to a Charlotte team that just got Dwight Howard, and I know that's a punchline in a lot of places, but Dwight Howard can go up and put 15 and 15 a night yeah. in his sleep. You add that to Kimba Walker, Nicholas Batum – Malik Monk, now all of a sudden you've got a legit starting five. I'm excited about what the Hornets did here. I mean, Dwight Howard's still, what, top five, six centers in the league? He might be top three centers I in mean, the league. I mean, yeah, nobody like – In a people. league devoid of centers, there's not too many more that you want over Dwight Howard. And the question is the locker room piece. Well, Steve Clifford, who is an assistant and, and has been a head coach – he has a relationship with Dwight Howard. If he didn't think that Dwight Howard could come in and mix with this group of guys, 
he wouldn't have wound well, up in Charlotte. And they have Jordan in the front office, which I mean, he's he he's made sinners cry when he was with the Bullets, not the Wizards. Um, so he's not going to put up with a bunch of that stuff. I'll tell you, my real quick steal of the draft has got to be Giles. Harry Giles, 20th pick overall. If Giles stays healthy and plays anywhere near his potential, you may be on. He was – before he – if he had never gone to Duke, he'd have been top five pick. Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to the final segment of From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on Facebook at From the Cheap Seats, Twitter at Cheap Seat Radio. Send us feedback at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. We have, we're about to put a bow on this draft. And, and just to sort of summarize, I'm telling you, I think of the top 10 picks, Markel Fultz is the most likely to flame out. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not predicting that. I'm just telling you that based on his track record and what I know about the guy, that's how I feel about it. The rest of the top ten, you were asking about guys that put teams on their back and the rest of that. De'Aaron Fox is a is a guy that coming into the the home stretch of the college season was sort of an afterthought. I'm gonna I say Sacramento won this draft. And, and there were several teams whose general managers came out in the wake of the draft and said the same thing. Said, well, if, if we had been picking first, we would have picked fill in the blank. Jason Tatum to the Celtics. The Celtics, Danny Ainge is, is channeling Red Auerbach. I think it's a great pick. Yep. However, Sacramento, Vlade Divac came back and said, had we been picking first, we'd have taken De'Aaron Fox. It doesn't take much of an argument to see how this kid legitimately could have been the number one pick in this draft. The talking heads, the collective wisdom never sort of picked that up. 
But when you look at the top five or six players in this draft, De'Aaron Fox is as fast as John Wall. Period. The knock on him has been, well, he needs to develop a jumper. Guess who else needed to develop a jumper? John Wall. And John Wall did and now is the best point guard in the NBA. De'Aaron Fox has all those skills. De'Aaron Fox, to me, is going to be a stud in this league. And he's a good character guy. He's he, smart. I love that um, when he got eliminated from the NCAA, I love that he cried. Yes. Like, he cared. Lonzo Ball kind of goes, uh, I'm off to the pros after they got beat by Kentucky. I ain't got time to cry. I got to go negotiate a shoe deal. Yeah. And then De'Aaron Fox, like, you can see his heart. He's yep. going to bring that to an NBA team, which is awesome. And, and you know, Malik Monk, and probably the reason he fell to 11 is that his heart wasn't always in it in defense. Malik Monk has even talked about the level and the energy at which De'Aaron Fox played defense. You take that, if all that kid's got to do is go shoot 4,000 jumpers a day for a couple summers to get his three ball right. right. And we're not talking about a kid that can't shoot. We're not talking about Muggsy Bogues. De'Aaron Fox could really blow the lid off. Right. And then you made the genius observation, Harry Giles. Giles. Had Harry Giles come straight out of high school, a la Carmelo or Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, uh, Kevin Garnett, Harry Giles in high school was Kevin Garnett. Yep, he's he was that player. Now, folks lost sight of that because he went to Duke and he got buried in the rotation. He was hurt and never really, you know, had an impact. But if Harry Giles plays to the potential that he's shown as a high schooler, bro. Well, this and this draft for Sacramento could be something serious. And then you toss in the middle of that Justin Jackson, who probably is the safest of the top 15 picks in terms of floor. Justin Jackson's going to come out. He's going to hustle. He's going to play good defense, going to score when he needs when you need him to. He essentially replaces Rudy Gay, right? Like, say so he steps right into that role. Yeah. I mean, and without the you know twenty three million dollar contract that Rudy Gay is going to command as he slides back out, Rudy Gay has opted out, so he's yeah. out of Sacramento. Can't imagine he's going to come back. Um, real quick, it looks like Rudy Gay. If I had to put my finger on, it's going to wind up in OKC, hmm. uh, which would be a neat into a neat addition out there to uh, a Thunder team that needs some stuff. But my point is, Sacramento. When you look at what they added in the first round with. De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, um, Harry Giles, and then Frank Mason in the second. I think they're the clear winner in terms of what they did on draft night. And parlaying that pick with they had the 10th, or they had the 10th. They they traded down with Portland. Portland gave up the 15th and the 20th for the 10th. Portland walks out of there with Zach Collins. Now, Zach Collins may or may not turn out to be the next Kevin McHale. He's going to be a beast, though. But here's my thing. Length and three-pointers win in the NBA these days. Mm-hmm. They went and got a couple of guys with great length. Justin Jackson shoots the three. Harry Giles is as, as electric an athlete as you want to find, if he can stay healthy. But to keep all this in perspective... We're talking about these top 10 kids and the impact they're going to have on the league, and, and we're trying to speculate and move and, and, and basically get in the time machine. The best draft in NBA history was probably the 1984 draft. And you had Olajuwon at one, Jordan at three, Sam Barkley Bowie. at five. Sam Bowie. That's my point, is that you're leaving <laughs> out Sam Bowie 
and Mel Turpin and the rest of those guys that were taken in that top ten. The only other draft you could really make an argument for being with best ever is 96 when Iverson went at the top. Yeah. But Iverson's really the only you know Hall of Famer in that group. Right, well, until you get to Kobe. I'm talking about top ten. So don't be surprised if five or six of these kids in the top ten are sitting on somebody's bench a couple of years from now. But right now, hope springs eternal. It's time for optimism. Yeah. Now, the one pick I have a beef with in the top ten, Phil Jackson, Trent, what, what Frank Nicolatina. Talk about that for a minute. I, I mean – Hopefully it looks like the Porzingas. You know, this kid is playing in France. I mean, he's a good athlete. He's definitely a project, but, you know, you said he's a good talent evaluator, so he's going to have to prove it again. Well, he better get it right because they left Dennis Smith Jr. on the board. I mean, that's where Malik Monk should have gone is right in that area. I think the Bulls and the Knicks. Oh, it's Nick Latina that that pushed. Seven and eight that pushed Malik Monk to the Hornets. And yep. the Hornets, you know, Hornets fans across the country were going nuts mm-hmm. as it wound down and got to that, you know, 9-10 spot because they were cataloging. These are the guys that's left. And I think what the assumption was is that the Hornets were going to wind up with Luke Kennard maybe as a, as a booby prize Ugh. or Justin Jackson, you know, a solid guy to come in there. But for Malik Monk to be sitting at 11 was sick. Hey, Hornets fans, don't feel bad. If you want to see Luke Kennard play, just go to any YMCA. That's, oh, God. Don't worry about it. Oh. He'll be in there. Pump, fake move, fake move, head pump, head pump. Now, this thing with Frank Nicolatina, it's funny that everybody has this quote-unquote analysis about the kid. There's like five seconds of video of him out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, he looks athletic, but nobody knows anything about him. We had to get guy. on a plane to play in the championship. Anybody know if he won or not? Don't know. Not, I think that was a story that's now not a story. Hey, yeah. I don't know. I think I've got some pirate satellite access. Maybe I'll go back and see if I can find something on there. But here's the thing. Is Phil Jackson better get it right? Because yeah. it's been a long first run. first the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. So Phil, <laughs> Phil has tried to come back from the Lamar Odom debacle. And, you know, we got to give credit where credit's due. He hit it out of the park with the Chris Stubbs Porzingis yeah. deal. Other than that, though, everything from that point on has been bad. Let me hit you with a things you should know what should public I know service about? announcement. If you want your career to go anywhere or continue to go anywhere, do not date a Kardashian, okay? Lamar Odom, was he was the big, tall player that shot threes back in the day before they were yeah, big, I mean, coming out of coming out of Rhode Island, there the NBA had never really seen a guy like Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, this is a short list. Chris Humphreys was never really good anyway. He got probably gained more out of the Kardashians than anybody else. Reggie Bush, and 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 another thing. Oh, and I'll get to it. Rashad McCants, the number one pick in the Big Three draft, but. If you're going to go after Kardashian, uh, Kardashian, go after Kim. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got all this cheddar. You, you know, you got fame. Are you really going to go? What's her name? Chloe, Zoe, or whatever. It doesn't matter what her name is. At least go after Kim, man. If you go end up on crack <laughs> in Las Vegas and having Stephen A. yell your name out, like talking about Phil Jackson, then at least get Kim. That's all I'm saying. Trent. Save this segment. 
bail us out. Now, here's the, here's the deal. I told you that for the first time ever, we're being broadcast on the Buffalo Sports Network. Awesome. The app is BSN716. So, almost all of that on that channel has to do with upstate New York Buffalo type stuff. So, what we're going to do is dedicate the next, I don't know how many seconds. We need a Buffalo Minute. Mm-hmm. So, our Buffalo segment today, Trent, what do you got? What are we going to name it? Wide right? Oh, oh no. not a good way to. <laughs> so we might have been on that network for one week. Oh. Now we're off. All right. Well, close to my heart, speaking of Buffalo, the yes. anchor bar, Buffalo Wings, the inventor of Buffalo yes. Wings. Yes, yes. Okay, they're famous for their Weck and Beef sandwich was also part of the menu in the opening of Buffalo Wild Wings that started in Ohio. They stole that from them. Nice. Uh, they have nice. the world's oldest zoological gardens, and they have two polar bear cubs, one named Luna and Kaya. All right, so this segment brought to you by Luna and Kaya. Luna Don't want you to use up all your buffalo facts right there. I want you my more? favorite one. All this right. is the best one that may inspire me to move to Buffalo. If oh, you man. live or work within Ooh. five miles of the General Mills cereal plant, you'll smell the sweet scent of Cheerios Shut all up. day long. What? Especially oh. yummy on a cold day in winter. <laughs> Who knew? Buffalo wow. smells like Cheerios. Wow. Now I've heard it all. I've like, got some... I've got some, and some, you thought my my Kardashian take, dude, that was out of control. So, but it was Luna and Kia. Was that the yep. the Cubs? They're the two uh, polar bear All Cubs right. at the world's oldest zoological gardens. They're like in Buffalo. It, you know I they like eat it. people. You're on the menu with polar bears. Cool. You know that, right? Well, you yeah. wanted to release a honey badger out into an MLB game. I, I guess polar bears, and and we taste like things. chicken wings. So to polar bears. Wow. What what flavor of sauce would you taste like, Chris, if you I were would a chicken wing? Definitely be spicy garlic. Spicy garlic. I would, man, cuz my wife and I eat a lot of garlic. Right. A lot of garlic. Speaking of which, so Aruba, you know, I go there and and it's funny being on vacation in a, in another country cuz people just kind of let it all hang out. Yeah. And you know, I figure I got well, next time I suppose <laughs> you're Ooh. saved. From the Cheap Seats, check us out on Facebook. Email us at CheapSeatRadio at gmail.com. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby... I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. 
you too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today.